gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer again. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's alive! You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam! Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Get away from her, you bitch! Cinematic View. Hi and welcome to Cinematic Leap, a movie podcast where we apply six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Each week we'll watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director or crew member within this pod's movie to choose our next movie. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Michael Thompson. God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs, dinosaurs eat man, woman inherits the earth. Nice. And Glenn Greening. I've spared no expense. <laughs> Clever deal. Nice work. Gentlemen, how are we? Good. Pretty good. It's been a, a relaxing weekend. Just chilling, watching films. Yeah. <gasps> Actually, you know, I'll talk more about it, but I got to I watched I watched the film with Eddie, my son. So Ooh. Yeah, very cool. Oh, how'd he go with Jurassic Park? Um, you know, I guess like, you know, when you're a kid and like, you know, all those scares are coming up and you're closing your eyes and you're putting your hands over your face and, you know, dad, put your, put your hands on my eyes. It's all that. It was magic. I oh, it. That'd be, it would actually be really <laughs> yeah. cool because it would just engross you in the movie. A movie you've probably seen several times already. It's just, it's that different, mm. um, probably that different feeling, a bit of a new feeling for it. Oh, it was. I think it was like, um being able to kind of watch it with someone who hadn't seen mm. it, you know, that kind of, you know, there's that element of reaction stuff. There's, there were a couple of pauses in there because, like, you know, Dad, what does this mean? It's like, okay, well, we'll talk that out. But, um, yeah, no, I was like, you know, the, I guess that sort of that thrill of the, the you know, the the chase through the kitchen yep. and, you know, the um, T-Rex chasing the car. Yeah. Um, yeah, great. Ah, it's awesome. Fantastic. Mm. Glenn, how are you? I also liked it. Yeah. I'm all right. Yes. <laughs> but let's talk about Very the good. <laughs> yes, well, we mm. will. So this week we are doing Jurassic Park, a 1993 science fiction action film based on Michael Crichton's novel of the same name, uh, who, was also, who also wrote the screenplay. Uh, oh, that's cool. Mm. Uh, hang on, sorry, just checking. Yes. I think it's actually, I mean, when, a, when a, the novelist is you know the one who has adapted their story to the screen generally i like it it's kind of it does seem to work better doesn't it they've sort of got a bit more yeah. feel of the i guess the, mm. the subject matter uh this of course yep. was directed by steven spielberg who was our leaper he must like Finally these glitched. movies that mm. uh the writers adapt their own scripts because that's last week's movie as well i know mm. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, I haven't read either of those books, but yeah, I think I just like the idea. I think of it. Peter Benchley was involved in Jaws as well, although I think he jumped off when they changed the ending and they changed a few other subplots. Mm. But he was there at the start. Uh, Do you know who's not on board? Clive Cussler. We talked to that. Mm. You know, that was a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, he was not a fan. No. 
so this movie stars Sam Neill and Laura Dern, co-stars Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, Samuel L. Jackson, Wayne Knight, B.D. Wong, Joseph, Joseph Mazzello and Ariana Richards. Uh, it's succeeded by five further sequels, Jurassic Park The Lost World in 1997, Jurassic Park 3 in 2001, then a reboot series, Jurassic World in 2015, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in 2018, and Jurassic World Dominion in 2022. Have you guys seen them all? Yeah, yes. it came up with um, Although it's been Jurassic a long time. Park 3. Like, that's the most boring title out of all those. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's like they just go, what do we call this one? Yeah. That's the third one. Let's just go with that. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I haven't checked the ratings, but I've, I wonder if I think it's the worst one. Like, you know, it's like, you know, yes, we're on this cash cow or cash dinosaur <laughs> yeah. train. Um, I think I think the last yeah. one, Jurassic World Dominion, got panned a little bit. Oh, actually, more than a little bit. I think it got panned a lot. I actually, but I didn't mind it. I, en- I-, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, particularly because it had uh, had the classics mm. in there. Had you, you know, it came back to the... Yeah, original characters. I mean, not Hammond, because he would have been dead. Yeah. Um, played by Richard Attenborough, I think. Who is um, dead? I do believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, like, yeah, so it was good to have the, you know, those kind of original characters come back. And, hmm. I think it tied um, the series up nicely. Hmm. So, all right, this movie had a budget of $63 million, <laughs> made a whopping $1.057 billion dollars. So yeah, it's probably a success. Yeah, so I did all right. Um, yeah, Rotten t- Spawned a franchise too. I guess. Rotten Tomatoes has an average score of ninety one percent with an audience score of ninety one percent. With critics consensus reading, Jurassic Park is a spectacle of special effects and lifelike animatronics, with some of Spielberg's best sequences of sustained awe and sheer terror since Jaws. Uh, Metacritic has an average score of sixty eight out of a hundred. That's the critic score with a user rating of eight point nine out of ten. IMDb have a, has an average rating of 8.2 out of 10. Hmm. Uh, Janet Maslin of the New York Times called it a true movie milestone presenting awe and fear, uh, sorry, awe and fear-inspiring sights never seen before on the screen. On paper, this story is tailor-made for Mr. Spielberg's talents, uh, but it becomes less crisp on screen than it was on the page, which much of the enjoyable jargon either mumbled confusingly or otherwise thrown away. Um, in Rolling Stone, Peter Travers called the film Coloss- Colossal Entertainment, the eye-popping, mind-bending kick-out of Jam's thrill ride of summer and probably the year. Compared with Dino's, the characters are dry bones indeed. Crichton and, co- and co-screenwriter David Cope uh, have flattened them into non- non-entities in the trip from page to screen. Okay, so they've slammed the uh, screenwriters. Uh, Roger Ebert. <laughs> Roger Ebert, yeah, I thought so, gave the film three stars out of four. The movie delivers all too well on its promise to show us dinosaurs. We see them early and often, and they are indeed a triumph of special effects artistry. But the movie is lacking other qualities that it needs even more, such as sense of awe and wonderment and strong human story values. That I disagree with. Incidentally, this movie goes for just over two hours, only 15 minutes of dinosaurs on screen. Useless stat. Mm, oh, sorry, I jumped on your trivia later, Michael. Uh, so, no, no, March 1994, Jurassic Park won all three Academy Awards for which it was nominated Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Visual Effects. Uh, of course, mm. at the same ceremony, Spielberg won Best Director, Editor Michael Kahn, Best Editing, and Composer John Williams Best Score. Um, they all won Academy Awards for Schindler's List. 
Schindler's List also oh, yeah. won Best Film. Wow. He's up against himself. So the, was it... Mm. Was he up against himself, or is it like that? It wasn't nominated for those films. Uh, well, it's up. It would have been up against um, itself. I would have thought it might not have been like up for things. best picture, though. Um, yeah, and it's probably one of those things too. So if Spielberg's up, and it's the same studio, well, they probably wouldn't want to have both movies taking votes off each other. So they might have just nominated one or the other, which does happen. Mm. He's also won a BAFTA uh, award for special effects. All right. Uh, Glenn, why did you pick The Leaper? Steven Spielberg. Oh, it was pretty easy to do when you see his name on something to pick him. Um, yep. I didn't really think too hard about it. I didn't even really look at anyone else in Ready Player One. I just, I mean, I could have spent a lot of time looking through who else was there and where they potentially went. But as soon as you see Steven Spielberg, you just sort of stop there <laughs> when you're going down the list. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I, I just fair. did that, and I knew that. Partly, I knew that you wouldn't pick Jaws because we've done Jaws already. So I just wanted. Obviously. I thought I'd get a surprise of where we were going to go, which I always like, not knowing what you're going to pick or whoever's choosing is going to pick. Um, if it's an obvious one, it's not as fun to leap with because I'm not surprised. I, I don't get a surprise, but I love I love picking a leap where I, when I don't know where it's heading, um, yep. like this one. And um, hopefully, at the end of this episode, we can pick a composer or a cinematographer or editor and stick with Spielberg a bit longer, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> did um did Spielberg trick the second Jaws or was that another guy? Uh, the second Jaws? No, I think he only did the mm. original from memory. Then he moved mm. on. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he directed the second Jurassic Park. No. Yeah, he might have come back for three, but... um. Yeah, I don't think he was. He definitely wasn't involved in the second one. Something to look at. Um, yeah, so I chose this. I, look, when Glenn chose Steven Spielberg, I was I was really happy. But then it's so hard because he's got so much good material to choose from. So, uh, but this is a movie. It's in my top ten. I would have happily have done probably three or four other of his movies and been really happy. But when I saw an opportunity to come to this, it's in my top ten movies of all time. So I thought, well. Why not? Why not come to this and, and we'll have a chat about it. He so. he did do the Lost World. Oh, he did number two, did he? Yeah. What did he do? Direct, yeah, yeah, directed, directed it. Or? Yeah. Oh, I thought he. Oh. I thought he was on the second one. Yeah, yeah, the Lost World, Jurassic mm. Park. Probably not on the third one. Yeah, it must have been. Because I mean, that one that one got panned, didn't it? <laughs> Wonder what I got. I don't know. I didn't mind it. Well. That's his only. I think that's his only sequel he's directed other than, other than the Indiana Jones movies. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, I thought he. I thought he missed two and then come back for three, but it must obviously he did two and then jumped off. Yeah, Joe Johnson directs three. Yeah. He's probably a producer uh, for all and making a lot of money off him anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 executive producer. Yep. So, Michael, what were your thoughts when I chose Jurassic Park? Ooh. Is it boo? No, it's just Oh, ooh. that's ooh. all right. I thought, shit, that's a bit harsh. Yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a good one. You know, it could have gone anywhere with um, many of Spielberg's kind of plethora of films, I guess. Um, you know, he's a he's a talented man. He's done a lot of work across a long time. Um yeah, could have got anything there. Um, 
you know. Although we missed out on, there could have been uh, a Ripper one. Hang on, I don't know what it is. No, not producer. Things he just directed. Where is it? Oh God, he's produced a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he's um, he yeah produces a lot of films. Hmm. Um. Oh, Minority Report. That would have been mm. fun. Um. Could have got to Indy, Indiana Jones, and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Never would have gone that to that one. That? Probably would have gone. <laughs> more likely go to Raiders of the Lost Ark if I had to pick one. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, Jurassic Park. Like it's a, it's one of those. It's a winner. Like you know. So yeah, it's pretty excited. Yeah. Glenn, your thoughts on uh, choosing this movie? Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I was happy with this. I was kind of hoping for the Fablemans because it's a new one I haven't seen yet, and it would have been a good excuse to watch. Mm. Um, but other another if, new movie, if, yep. it, if it wasn't that, um, yeah, Jurassic Park is is a good one, and or ET I haven't watched in a very long time, and I, I wouldn't mind revisiting that. But I don't know if I've actually fully watched ET through the huh? you know the the whole. And thing. Oh, I, I actually I watched it don't know. last year, I think, or earlier this year, because I hadn't seen it. I don't think yeah. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, so I thought I'll, I'll get back and watch that. But um, yeah, I, that was on, that was on my um, card. I thought you might have gone to Saving Private Ryan would have been a possibility as well, which I wouldn't have minded that either. Mm. So, yeah, I, yeah, I really did. I do mind. love that film. Yeah, yeah, I do really enjoy that film too. So that was that were the two That's that a I was long film though. Um, but yeah, when I had the chance to come to this, but, so yeah. All right, Michael, straight to the trailer. Since the beginning of time, man has searched the earth for evidence of its past. But while some have looked for clues to the mystery, one man has found the way to bring the mystery back to life. I own an island off the coast of Costa Rica, and I've spent the last five years setting up a kind of biological preserve here. On this private island, science has defied evolution. Where do you get a hundred million year old dinosaur blood? Genetics has mastered creations. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. And extinction is a thing of the past. Welcome to Jurassic Park. They got in there, King Kong. None of these attractions are ready yet, of course, but the park will open with the basic tour you're about to take. Hey, look at this. You see something? Dinosaurs and man, two species separated by 65 million years of evolution, have just been suddenly thrown back into the mix together. Can I touch it? Sure. How can we possibly have the slightest idea? Do you feel that? Senses are failing all over the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice. The phones are out too. Gotta go. Universal Pictures presents. Hey, hey, freeze! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. An adventure 65 million years in the making. Oh no. Just a delay. 
That's all it is. All major theme parks had delays. When they opened Disneyland in 1956, um, nothing worked. But John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. You sure we're safe? Yes. Unless they figured out how to open doors. Jurassic Park. All right. Wow. It's a good trailer. Mm. Lots of in-depth. All right. So I get to do the summary this week because I did choose this movie. Uh, obviously, there will be spoilers. So if you don't want this movie spoiled for you, obviously go away, pause the pod, go and watch the movie. That's a little over two hours for fun and entertainment. Then come back and listen to our scintillating review. Just to, I mean, it's about dinosaurs, in case you haven't figured that out. Spoiler alert. Well, I guess we just did that. (laughs) All right. Industrialist John Hammond has created Jurassic Park, a theme park of cloned dinosaurs on the tropical Isla Nublar. After a velociraptor, velociraptor, kills a dinosaur handler, the park's investors, represented by lawyer Donald Gennaro, demand a safety certification. Gennaro invites chaotician Ian Malcolm and Hammond invites paleontologist Alan Grant and paleobotanist Ellie Sattler. Upon arrival, the group is shocked to see a live Brachiosaurus and a whole herd of other dinosaurs. And this is one of the... uh, Best parts of this movie right here. When oh, you, yeah. The big reveal. It still gives me tingles when you see it. Not so much when you first see the Brachiosaurus, but when they then pan out and you see like a whole group of them and all these different sorts of mm. dinosaurs. They're in herds. And then the then the score, the John Williams score kicks in, which I'm sure I'll mm. mention later on. The, the um, oh, yeah. It's just phenomenal. Still gives me goosebumps. It is phenomenal. I mean, I, it's one of those ones and like that we – we see with a lot of Steven Spielberg stuff, it's that that facial reactions from, um, you know, Doctor Grant yeah. and uh, and uh, the other character, Ellie Sattler. <laughs> Ellie Sattler. Um, you know, that was that sequence too. That that set up that like you know it's like you know pulled up and he's like, you know, she's just kind of obsessing over this leaf, and yeah, I, that that kind of it holds on that for a long time, and then the brachiosaur. Which just the way off. he takes his Sam Neil takes the glasses off, like it's just mm. this absolute awe of oh my holy shit, what is that? And then obviously we don't see that. Then he he sort of twists uh, Ellie Sattler's head, and then she sort of oh my god, it's just yeah, it's like childlike really wonder. Hmm. Which mm. I think it probably was for all of us when we first watched the movie. Like holy shit, how did they do that? Like it's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, at the park's visitor center, the group learns that the cloning was accomplished by extracting dinosaur DNA from prehistoric uh, mosquitoes preserved in amber, which is basically just sap from a tree. DNA from frogs, among other animals, was used to fill in gaps in the dinosaur's genome to prevent breeding. I mean, all the do- which is kind of funny, What's that, Michael? because well, because it there's this whole like you know, yeah, we'll use frogs, but. Like, you know, there's whole, the, like, it, it hints in this movie the comparison, but birds, why wouldn't they have used birds to fill in the gaps? Anyway, that's a, it's probably that's a question, question for later. later. Yeah. That's a very good point, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only probably, it's probably because, which we'll answer it now, only Dr. Grant seems to think that they come from birds. Everyone else thinks that they're reptiles. It's funny how, well, like, not, you know, well, science is a reptile. Kinda, <laughs> um, you know, 
Well, yeah, but um, it is it is definitely like you know established that dinosaurs have, you know, evolved into birds. Like that's kind of a, a common accepted fact mm. now. So, um, and you know they're still researching. They kind of like you know yeah, Velociraptor have feathers and colorations would would have been way brighter and more interesting and um yeah so. Right. Well, more I wonder if that. that's happened Later. post this movie, like that's grown more. Oh, yeah. Where it was, that yeah. was common knowledge like, pre. Anyway. Um, I don't think it was common, but it was, yeah, that means 29 years of extra research. In there I, I would have loved so. it if there was a dinosaur that, you know, flicked its tongue out to catch insects, then that was their diet. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So to prevent breeding, all the dinosaurs were made female by direct chromosome manipulation. The group witnesses the hatching of a baby velociraptor and visits the raptor enclosure, which they get told then how smart they are, that they're testing the boundary fences to find weaknesses, that they're very, very intelligent. Uh, during lunch, the group debates the ethics of cloning and the park's creation. Malcolm warns of the implications of genetic engineering and scoffs at the park's design, saying it will inevitably break down. Hammond's grandchildren, Lex and Tim, join for a tour of the park, while Hammond oversees from the control room. The tour does not go as planned, with most of the dinosaurs failing to appear and a group encountering a sick triceratops. The tour is cut short as a tropical storm approaches. Most of the park employees leave for the mainland on a boat, while the visitors return to their uh, rail electric car tour vehicles, except the Sattler, who stays behind with the park's veterinarian, Dr. Harding, to study the sick triceratops. Before we get back to the like you know the, the next part, I mean the funny thing is like how many times have you been to the zoo, and you haven't seen that animal because it's hiding mm. somewhere like, you know, like you go to the zoo. I'm here to see the tiger. Pfft, can't see the tiger anywhere. Ah, look, you know we'll see this creature. No, nah, that's not there. And you know they hide, they sleep, they've got different you know cycles. Yeah, like, that's right. You know, <laughs> it's it's interesting because these things would be in it's such not an a huge unreasonable compound. expectation. Like if you had them in a smaller compound, yeah. it'd make sense. But I guess you can't do that. Mm. So yeah, uh, but yeah, you're right. It's probably not that surprising. Mm. And I guess, like you know, if you want them to make, if you want to make sure you can see them, maybe don't put so many trees next to the yeah, fence. Yeah, well, that's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, thoughts up up until this point? Oh, um, I thought it was a slow start because I hadn't. Obviously, I hadn't watched it in a long, long time, and um, I couldn't even remember a lot of the beginning, a lot of the scenes before they get there. And I was just like, yeah. who's this guy? You know, I was a bit, yeah, confused. Well, not confused, but I was just, like, surprised that I didn't remember some of this early stuff. I remember from pretty much from the moment they get to the island, I guess, um, I can remember a lot of what happened. But, yeah, it's weird that I didn't remember that early stuff. And for me, I thought, it feels like it's taking them a bit longer than I thought to get to the dinosaurs. Um, yeah. And, yeah. It's called Full Play Glenn. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I still, I mean, I didn't dislike it. I just thought it was just weird that I couldn't, it was like literally new to me. I couldn't even, it wasn't even triggering memories at all. I was just like, yeah, quite surprised I didn't remember that stuff. Um, yeah. And, and the helicopter they were in, I thought that was um, weird how they could just have normal conversation like they're just on a train. It was like the quietest helicopter, except for when there was an external <laughs> shot of it actually landing and stuff. <laughs> when they're in the air, it's like silent. <laughs> they're not wearing the Maybe it's a special headphones. helicopter because they spared no expense. Yeah, quite. it's true. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's a very good point, though. I mean, if it went for longer, spared no expense probably would have been quite a bit. <laughs> you know, I just felt the T-Rex would have been. It was kind of really kind of spoke to it. Jurassic Park's disgruntled lead computer programmer, Dennis Nedry, 
has been bribed Newman. by Dodgson, a man working for Hammond's corporate rival, to steal frozen dinosaur embryos. Nedry deactivates the park security system to access the embryo storage room and stores the embryos inside a container disguised as a Barbasol shaving cream can, which is very clever, I must say. Uh, mm. Nedry's sabotage... People don't steal things like that anymore. What's that? People don't steal stuff like that No, anymore, that's right. You know? Yeah. Uh, Nedry's sabotage also cuts power to the tool vehicles, stranding them just as they are near the park's Tyrannosaurus Rex paddock. Most of the park's electric fences have been also been deactivated, allowing the T-Rex to escape and attack the group. After the T-Rex overturns a tool vehicle, it injures Malcolm and devours Gennaro, while Grant, Lex and Tim escape. On his way to deliver the embryos to the island's docks, Nedry gets lost in the rain, crashes his Jeep Wrangler and is killed by venom-spitting Dilophosaurus. Great sequence mm. for that part. It was, uh, it was one of the, like, the scenes where Ed's like, cover my eyes. <laughs> I would be... <laughs> And I was, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll cover your eyes. And I wasn't No, really. that's right. <laughs> Not until the actual moment. But, I mean, there's, it's a PG film. So um, you don't see a lot of that kind of, you know, that direct kind of um, disembowelment hmm. through. You don't really see you know, gore, being eaten. do you? Yeah, there's a lot of plants kind of shaking in front of it. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's a, they, they hide it well. You know, or, you know, Nedry dies in the car. Like, you know, I think there's like a. Maybe a bit of a splatter of blood. Yeah, and you really you see the car mm. shake, even when the the lawyer cops it. Like you see him obviously get eaten, but you don't see blood and gore. You don't see body parts dropping or anything like that. So the only the probably the goriest part is the goat. Hmm. You are. That is arm. true. That was a goat's leg does fall yeah. on top of. That's that's yeah, a great, one. great. What happened to the goat? <laughs> Sattler helps the yeah. game warden Robert Muldoon search for search for survivors. They find an injured Malcolm before just before the Tyrannosaurus uh, returns and chases them away. Grant, Tim, and Lex take shelter in a treetop and encounter a Brachiosaurus herd. That sort of covers off, takes out a big part where they have to get out of a tree. Uh, they discover the broken mm. shells of dinosaur eggs the following morning. Grant concludes that the dinosaurs have been breeding, which was possible because of amphibian DNA. Animals yep. like West African frogs can change their sex in a single-sex environment, allowing the dinosaurs to do as, so as well. The three later in, encounter a oh shit, Galimimus stampede. Anna, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's I don't even know if I got that right. <laughs> I don't know if you've got Which, And I love that sequence too with the way they – and it, that's where Grant sort of um, starting to point out, look at how they move. They, they move in sort of her, um, not herds, uh, in the way they move in groups and the way – Birds. The way they fly. Yeah, like flocks, birds, yeah. And, um, yeah, I just thought yep. it was really well done. Mm. And the, I mean, it's, it's where you can see like, you know, the, you've got that animatronic versus CGI kind of aspect. I think this is where it was like, you know, it was just kind of, mm-hmm. yes, we can use CGI and um, – and it's it's good, but you know you can see that's where it is. This is where the that CGI moment is. Yeah, um, yeah. Unable to decipher Nedry's code to reactivate the security system, Hammond and Chief Engineer Ray Arnold reboot the park system. The green, turn it off and on. <laughs> like, how are we going to fix it? We're going to turn it off and yeah. on. It's like the universal <laughs> right. IT fix. Yeah, it's pretty much. It's, <laughs> try turning this part off. Someone's got an issue with their computer. All right, have you tried turning it off and then on again? Turning it off. No. All right, do yeah. that. If that doesn't no. work, then we'll work out where we go from there. <laughs> uh, the group shuts down the park's grid and retreats to an emergency bunker. 
while Arnold heads to a maintenance shed to complete the rebooting process. When he fails to return, Sattler and Muldoon head to the shed. They discover the shutdown has deactivated the remaining fences and released the velociraptors. Muldoon distracts the raptors while Sattler goes to turn the power back on before being attacked by a raptor and discovering Arnold's severed arm. Oh, sorry, and discovering Arnold's severed arm. Meanwhile, Muldoon is caught off guard and killed by the other two raptors. Which, if he just mm. asked Dr. Grant, he would have told him that you don't focus on the one in front of you. It's the ones at the side yeah, he, that you're always going to get. But he doesn't, I don't think he ever has a long conversation with Dr. Grant. No. Um, but you'd think he would know. Like, you know, surely he studied these as, you mm. know, as a as a thing. But, um, yeah, that is definitely Chekhov's Velociraptor yes, attack. Yes, that was beautifully done. <laughs> I just love the way he's sitting there going, he's just, I've, I've got you. And then all of a sudden that raptor just pops its head out. He's like, oh, shit. Surprise! <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> Now in trouble. Clever girl. Uh, Grant, Tim, and Lex reach the visitor centre. Grant heads out to look for Sattler, leaving Tim and Lexi inside. Lexi sees the raptors, which is a great scene where we see from a couple, a, happy, a really nice cut. Happy Lexi. She's eating her jelly and ice cream and everything else to a happy Tim, who then his face starts to look panicked, and you see Lexi's face, and it's complete panic. And I just think it's a really well done <sighs> shot. Um, that that girl is going to suffer PTSD. For absolutely, life. there's uh, so much. So then they run there. into the kitchen. <laughs> the raptors pursue Tim and Lexi in the kitchen, uh, but they escape, managing to lock one in a freezer and join Grant and Sattler. The group reaches the control room, and Lex uses Nedry's computer to restore the park's power, allowing them to call Hammond, who calls for help. As they try to escape the main entrance, they are cornered by the two remaining raptors, but they escape when the T Rex appears and kills the raptors. Hammond arrives in a jeep with Malcolm and the group boards a helicopter to leave the island. And that ends the movie. The end. Hmm. Or is it? Well, not really because we've got plenty of sequels to come. Five sequels. All right. We'll go on. Varying quality. We'll jump onto our categories, cast and characters. All right. Where do we want to start here? Probably Sam Neill. Makes more sense. He was probably the main (laughs) character. Yeah, I guess so. Man, he's a good actor. Yeah. Um, I did, I think I read in some research that um, Harrison Ford might have been up for this. Well, it's funny, um, Eddie, like when I was like, we we're watching the film and he's just going, this has a very Indiana Jones vibe about it. He looks very Indiana he Jones. He does. He does have <laughs> that, um, yeah. that sort of look about him. Um, but I'm mm. sort of glad it wasn't Harrison Ford, just because I, I think. It felt really believable that you know the Sam Neill was a, do- a paleontologist, like he was that sort of older everyman mm. who would be, you know, obviously he's sort of, I guess, smart out in the field, so he can sort of handle himself a little bit physically. But yeah, like he he wasn't, I don't know, he didn't sort of. It's not funny. that Indiana Jones ever looked superhero like, but. I think that's one of the good things about him. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think because of what we've had Sam Neill in the past, I just think it worked. Mm. I, I knew a paleontologist. Oh. It was my, my, my lecturer at university. Um, yeah, he looked nothing like that. He <laughs> was mm-hmm. uh, he was tall. He was super thin. He actually more like Glenn but six foot tall. Oh. Um, oh. And, like, wore cardigans. Oh, I'm also like Glenn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, but thick, and big glasses too. Uh, Neil Archibald. Oh, yeah. Very good. Thoughts on Sam Neill, guys? He's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hard to fold him, isn't it? Like, you, 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 we're just going to repeat each other here. <laughs> He's good. 
I really, in, I think the um, like the big part of his character arc is like you know his relationship with children. Mm. Um, you know, from the start, mm. it was like you know I'm I'm, I'm gonna he's only gonna relate to children. I'm gonna tell him a story about how Velociraptor will gut you um, and eat on you while you're still alive. Um, you know. Here's a here's a fun story, and then you know through the the film, he's basically you know from the the T Rex um, encounter, um, he's looking after these children, and like he he comes along pretty quickly, um, and yeah, at the end, like you know, flying on the helicopter, they're all cuddled mm. up with him, and um, Ellie's just gone. Oh, look at you! You're just so dad material, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, like you know, that was that was an interesting part of it, and uh, yeah, like you know, I guess we saw a lot of kind of that the wonder on his face, like you know, when he was looking at dinosaurs, and um, mm. yeah, it's a fun. It was a nice. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Uh, Glenn, do you want to? What about Doctor Ellie Satellite? Do you want to take her? Um, yeah, she was good. Um, I thought she. Yeah, I think she played it well. She looked, con- she was convincing. The the um, focus on the plants, you know, was consistent. Like she didn't sort of that character just seemed to keep that focus throughout. Even though there was the dinosaurs, and the, all the excitement, she still didn't she save the day with the plants almost, or she was like not save the day, but oh, she was holding the triceratops. Yeah, she, she was, she was able to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was able to work out stuff because of the, you know, what they'd eaten and, and all that sort of stuff. I thought she was good. Yeah, and, and she was. Mm. Yeah, she was. Fine. I don't know. If we actually. I don't know if we got a resolution to that whole kind of investigation. I actually reckon that it was pregnant. Mm. Bold. That's, that's my that's my theory. <laughs> having watched it multiple times, but every six weeks. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know the gestation period of a triceratops, so I'm not going to comment. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, mm. that, but that's my theory as to why they keep getting like crook and you know this sort of illness. Is it because that they're actually pregnant? They're breeding quickly. Mm. I, I enjoyed her in this. Um, yeah, she's got agency. Like she's not scared to get out there and have a crack. And you know she she was never one to be pushed around. She, I just yeah, she was a, a just a strong a strong willed woman. Um, who knew mm. what she was doing um, and never never took a backward step. I think there's a really good line that she has towards the, the climax where she goes like, you know, after this we're going to have a talk about like, you know, um, you know, women in survival situations or, you know, sexism in survival situations or something Yeah, like when that. Hammond wanted and to go instead of her. Are you sure you should go, love? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, dear. Hey. Um, but uh, annoyingly, though, like there was still – some damsel, um, I don't know, the representation of her being chased by the Velociraptors was still a little bit screamy, I guess, and a touch girly. I don't know, I mean, that's a bad thing, but, like, you know, it just kind of, you've just had to say this awesome line, um, but she's still kind of, you know, the panic involves screams rather than kind of, like, grim determination and kicking ass. So, yeah, you know, maybe Hammond was right, I don't know. Yeah, it was just, you know, they've... I, I, I thought it was um, contrary to kind of what she just said, which was interesting. Yep. Um, yeah. But she does go on to, you know, um, reset the power grid and find what happened to the the other technician, mm. Samuel, 
gets a pat, you know, gets a pat on the shoulder from Samuel, <laughs> um, and then fends off the Velociraptor. Yeah, um, I'll open it up to whoever else you want to talk what about. What did you really? think of the kids? I thought they were mm. all right. I, it's an interesting one. I don't know. Did they do much? I don't think either of them did much after this. I might be wrong. Um, um, not much. I no. didn't mind them. Actually, I don't know. The um, I think, I mean, you see some genuine, like, you know, Lexi really kind of portrayed some genuine fear. Like, that was kind of, it was very well done. Um, Like, that whole kind of like you know he's left us he's left us um you know that moment um you know and when she kind of you know they're outside of the car and she's looking up and there's a t-rex and instead of kind of like going you know i'm just going to quietly not bring my attention myself she's like she's screaming her head off and that's you know when sam neil grabs her you know face and says don't move um Ooh. yeah like I, like that work was really good yeah. she's in a she's um, the that um little girl is in um, a really great time travel movie if you want to leap there oh. just just saying oh. it's called it? timescape time well when i say really good i mean i've seen it a bunch of times and i like it <laughs> but maybe it's not overly popular um but yeah i didn't mind the kids i thought they were solid for their roles yeah, they didn't. I didn't mm. feel like they they weren't out of place, considering yeah, you, know, you had some pretty good acting talent around them. I didn't think they were, you know, cast out of the film or anything like that. Personally, um, yeah. um, about yeah. Jeff, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. He's always wacky in these sort of things. He sort of provides that zaniness in what's a you know generally a serious film. He's yeah. There's a there's a shot kind of in the the, the last third. Where he's um, on the table and he's got uh, his, and he's a bit yeah. sexy. <laughs> sure, a, I think that's been mean a lot. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you've taken that to a place. <laughs> <laughs> he surely asked for that. He would have had to have asked for that. I thought the um, T Rex was pretty good too. Whoever was playing that role, yes, oh, T Rex. He was convincing. Oh, you got to, you know. <laughs> I liked. Um, oh, look, I always like Samuel L. He's oh, always. Yeah. I thought he was pretty handy in this. Um, <laughs> must have been early in his career. He's, he's, it's hard to look back because he's got so many film credits. Um, and I Wayne Knight was good. Yeah, I, mean, this yeah, was at a time he, I was about to say. We would have hated him. We would have hated <laughs> him because he was Newman and then you see him in this and you just hate him even more. So yeah, he was good at the uh, – He was that character was fun, yeah. And, and he – I mean, mm. you could probably drop anyone into that role, but he really – he made it something special, I think. Like, I think he did it really well. You wanted to despise him. <laughs> like, you know, with the, one of the early kind of parts we see him, like, you know, we see um, him kind of meeting with that sort of other, you know, the competition. Um, so early, like, you know, our, you know, we know he's going to, like, you know, somehow screw something over. like, And he's just kind of going there, yeah, <laughs> money. <laughs> Look at this food. You're going to pay for the bill. Like, you just kind of think, man, you are. You are not good human. <laughs> so I also had to, you know, I had to explain, like, you know, um, Eddie was talking about uh, how, because um, he had Richard Attenborough playing, how many is he going, he's either bad guy, going, oh, he's neither good nor bad. Um, but, you know, Nedry, he was a bad guy. Yeah. You know, he was the guy that got eaten by dinosaurs. So, you know, got his comeuppance mm. there. Whereas I think Richard Hammond was well-meaning. 
just it didn't just a few things kind of went wrong. Although probably it might have yeah. gone all right had Nedry not decided to steal the Emirates, had he not been cheap, Doctor uh, John. Well, Howard. and this is, I mean, like it comes to a question later on, like you know who was in charge of the hiring and firing. You know that's the <laughs> like clearly there's a gets to a point where you go on. Boss, should we hire this guy? He's he's a bit sus, you know. We probably could find another person. Um, well, I, th- I think yeah. he's obviously been there from the start and then wanted some more money and then Hammond said no and then he sort of turned, he's had his eyes open to competitors. That's what I sort of garnered from it, hmm. um, from his, yeah, his conversation with Dodgson, which is a fun thing. Dodgson, Dodgson. Yeah. Uh, anyone else you want to mention? Um. Ooh. Uh, I mean, there's Bob Peck there who plays Muldoon. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. bad. Yeah, it wasn't. It's interesting. B. D. Wong is in like most of these films, but really, like this first one is a bit part. Like you know, he kind of yeah plays more later on. But yeah, um, I think that's everyone though. Yeah. Oh, we haven't, well, we haven't really talked about Richard Attenborough, like in terms of his playing of the industrialist. Yeah, good. I enjoy. Look, I enjoyed him in this role. He sort of gave it. Um, yeah, he sort of had that credibility about him, that awe of authority, mm. yeah, gravitas, and awe of authority about him. But um, mm. yeah, no, I thought he was nice. Uh, all right, favorite scene, Glenn. Mm. Oh, straight to me. Um, I actually didn't make a note of my favorite scene, but I think it's. I think it's the, the whole T Rex sequence. When that when they're in the cars, trapped in the cars, that whole sequence is yeah. just for me. Not just when I watched it recently, but from when I was a kid, when I watched it in the cinema in 1993 or whenever it was, or two. Uh, yeah, it was. Little bit into year ten. It was um, it was just an amazing sequence, and it sticks. It sticks with you, like you can remember that you know the water vibrating in the cup and. The, the fear and and the excitement of just seeing this dinosaur rampaging and trying to get these people in the cars and the cars flipping over and trapped in the yeah I, I love that whole sequence it was very exciting it still still works still still really effective and and great to watch for me that's like when you see the yeah yeah when you see the T Rex's eye yep. when it comes down <laughs> like it's just it's yeah it's just an and, and that scene, in, a, in in a cinema when you're a you know in your early teens or or te- you know. Oh man, so much, so great on the big screen as well. Yeah, mm. I, it's funny. I went to see um, Jurassic World Dominion last year in the cinemas, and just when the dinosaurs are walking, it just felt like the whole cinema was shaking. Like it was just a really great experience, and it, and it did bring me back to when I first watched this movie. Like it, it's not the same watching on the TV, even though the TVs we've got today are probably yeah just as good. Um, but yeah. Oh. But the sound as well in the cinema, the, the thump of the, you, yeah, mm. you can almost feel it through the seat, you know. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Michael? Um, oh, look, that sequence was really good. You know, it's hard to kind of fault that one. Um, the, and like the visuals that go with it, like, you know, you mentioned the kind of the cup of water and like, you know, the, the way the kind of vibrations go through it. That was really nice. Um, I think, you know, tied in with the, just the um, the T Rex kind of roar, like you know, that was kind of you know, 
it's visceral. It's like scary. Mm. Um, uh, I really enjoyed the the T Rex chasing the um like the Jeep with um Jeff Goldblum and stuff like that. It's kind of like you know, there's a couple of jokes in there, like you know, objects may appear closer than they appear. Like you know, is it above of that mirror? Um, a lot yeah, of the a lot the of the shots in that sequence have been in other stuff since then, like like things like The Simpsons, and um, they've been like uh, parodied and and all that sort of stuff. I know the glass, yeah. the water in the glass, and the mirror shot have been in other stuff since then. So it's very iconic sort of mm. sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Um, what else did I like? The I mean the the Velociraptor kind of um scene where it's actually sort of you know through the kitchen. That's a that's a ripper. I think actually um uh the clever girl sequence. Like, you know, is also good where, like, you know, it's like Muldoon has gone off and, right, I'm going to hunt these yeah. things. Um, and Ellie's kind of, you know, yeah, run. She's running to the thing and she gets in there, I'm safe. But she's not safe because there's a velociraptor in there that she doesn't know about. You know, she goes through the sequence. And I think what's really nice with that particular sequence is it's intercut with um, them climbing the, the 10,000 volt yeah. fence. Um, you know, so it's a great. You know, and I'm probably getting into the interesting things here, but like it's a great kind of use of simultaneous time and that simultaneous cutting across two different parts at the same time. Um, and you know, poor Tim gets electrocuted um, with ten thousand volts. <laughs> well, that's that's actually my favourite scene. Like, don't get me wrong, like the T Rex scene's just phenomenal. And in, in reality, that is probably my favourite scene. But um, I assume that someone else would take that. I love when Lex, Timmy, and Grant are, are climbing the fence. First, I love it when Grant, Dr. Alan Grant, jokingly pretends to get electrocuted at the start of it, and it just sets a really <laughs> nice tone with the pitch. And then the ten- and then obviously, as you said, the, the tension of them climbing and all that sort of stuff. Well, they're not no tension when they're climbing. When they're coming back down, and that's where it's interspersed with um, Ellie Sattler restarting everything, and you know what's going to happen. Hang on, she's turning everything back on. These fences are going to go back on, which is probably a- and it's funny, like. Because it was like, it originally started as like, yeah, yeah, we'll turn it off and on here. And all right, we've turned it off and it's come back on, but oh, it's not going to work. We need to go back out to the junction boxes and we're going to turn those off and on. Um, all right, now we've turned that off and on. Okay, everything's starting back up. But we're, now we've got to turn all these buttons on. It's like, how many things do we need to turn back on before everything turns on? Um, so yeah, and it's like, think, think, think. Um, yeah, and perimeter fences is last for some reason. You know, you'd think that'd be an early one, given the. Well, you'd, you you like, would assume make sure so, the shit you? doesn't get out. You'd, you'd think yeah. that'd be a high up on the uh, <laughs> yeah. up on the thing, uh, but I just and just the way I, yeah, I just think it's really well done. And then obviously Timmy getting thrown off when he gets electrocuted, uh, and yeah. then subsequently dying, but, but thankfully being brought back to life. But I just so I just thought that's really well done. Seeing that whole three, thing. yeah, it is uh, notable aspects. Um, you can't like you know you you. It, Won an award for you know it's sound mm. mixing and it's it's well deserved and it can be award like that, um you know there's a bit of trivia in there that uh you know we might as well touch on this now the um the raw the T Rex raw it's like a combination of a lot of different animals and I was looking at a video on that today and also read some trivia but like you know there's um one of them was a actual kind of weird higher pitched noise from a baby elephant was kind of put in there um you know apparently it doesn't actually normally make that noise um. Uh, you know, there's uh, the trivia says there's penguins and um, another video said there's a bit of koala. Ooh. 
like you know growl um and i thought yeah con aussie um dog like you know there's actually the like a jack russell as part of it um tiger snarl alligators gurgle um yeah so there's lots of kind of different elements that make up the the you know that sort of uh animal raw and it's kind of it's one of the best parts that kind of like you you can't reproduce it um listen to the start of the pod um yeah and like you know all the other kind of sort of noises as well like it's you know it's well done like you know it's well mixed and i think you kind of are tying in the the thuds and the thumps with like you know other things like it um you know it does a bit of what aliens does with uh you know we don't see the animal until like you know um till right at the you know those moments uh where we're actually going to get attacked like and you know we see that there's only 15 minutes of dinosaurs in the film um so it uses sort of part of that, you know, sound and obfuscation to actually kind of, you know, hint at the dinosaur and then we kind of see it. Um, I think that's really mm. well done. Yeah. There's a lot of other Steven Spielberg, you know, tropes in there too. There's uh, the classic one um, where, you know, we're seeing uh, Dr. Grant see the Brachiosaurus for the first time and the camera kind of zooms in and up. Um, that's a that's a classic uh, Stephen with the, the zoom into the yep. face. Um, yeah, but I think like yeah, the the sound of, and you know the animatronics of the the T Rex and like the um, dinosaurs, just awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, hmm. Gwen. Oh, I don't really have anything. Um, it's just all all good. <laughs> <laughs> all the dinosaurs are good. All the dinosaurs are great. Um, I guess what made it good was it wasn't overdone. You didn't you didn't see too much of it. Like they they used it sparingly, which made it just that much more exciting when they're on screen. I think mm. um, yeah, that's an awesome point. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. I just um, loved all those moments with the dinosaurs chewing on people and whatnot. <laughs> just trying to just try to go to the toilet or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, poor poor, and, poor boy. I had the runs and needed to go. Yeah. Um, I had a few. That, like, I love the emblem that we see, like the way it's designed. And it's. I just think it still looks awesome even to this day. I, I, I don't know if it was on the original book. I've actually got the book here. At, it was. Um, I've got the book here at home, but I haven't read it yet. I started once, but be. I'm going to – well, I mean, you brought it up. I'm going to bring a bit of trivia to it. When Michael Crichton was asked why, he, why the novel has Jurassic in the title – yet has a dinosaur from the Cretaceous period on the cover. He replied that it had never occurred to him and admitted that was just the best-looking design. <laughs> Fair enough. So. Yeah. Mm. Um, the, the score of this film, and we've talked about John Williams in the past, but <clears throat> the score of this film is still just incredible. Like, it's my God, it's just it's just great. It's still, you know, that moment when, we've, when we were talking about before, when you see all those dinosaurs and the, the score just rises up and you do, you get... Goosebumps. It's it's an iconic score now, mm. and it's just really well done throughout the whole movie. Yeah. John Williams is just a genius. Also, and like you know, and coupled with the, um, Spielberg, I think is like a is a thing. The the way that you know the music informs you how you should feel. Yeah. Like you know, that's kind of a very um, prominent in these you know Spielberg films with you know particularly with John mm. Williams. And, yeah. Um, the way they did the, that water ripple effect for the T Rex, like as you were saying, you know. The times that we didn't see them, they were still able to build tension that we knew that they were around. And just the way this was done, mm. again, it's just an iconic scene. Um, and I love the way they did the kitchen scene. And this is just a way to get one of my favourite scenes in 
I'm cheating like Glenn used to, like Glenn does sometimes. The way they've done this kitchen scene is just incredible. It's so well shot. The way they've built up tension, we've got that shot with the reflection. You've got the spoon dropping. Yeah, you know, that you think, oh my god, they're, okay, they've got to fight it. You know, fight go against this raptor, and all of a sudden, a second one turns up. That whole sequence is just so well put together that you're on your edge of the seat the whole time. I just think, yeah, that's just something that's why Steven Spielberg's the best, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, questions, hmm. queries, tidbits. Um, yeah, why did they hire Nedry? Like, you know, maybe he's a... I'm assuming he's really good. Maybe he's like... Yeah. They should have paid him I more mean, money. He'd have to be brilliant. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, he spared no expense except for Nedry. Oh, is that... <laughs> got him on the you talking about Newman? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got a question about him too. Like, what, maybe uh, I've just written, maybe you should pay your staff more so they don't steal. Yeah. So it's the same sort of thing. Mm. It's it's. I want to believe that this is the message of um, Jurassic Park is make sure everyone has got a, like, you know, a wage that is worth their, their salt. And that way you won't get disasters. Yeah, occurring. that's right. You know? <laughs> As we see the the conclusion of the um the actor strike in the US. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Any others, Michael? Um. Yes. Hang on. Um. Why? In you know, and like I referenced aliens as well a little bit earlier. Why are all these power junctions in weird spots? Like you know, you think like you know we're in the control center. Let's have them close to the control center. Oh, yeah, we're going to reset the whole path from here. Um, okay, well, yeah, we'll do that. Oh, shit. Well, fortunately, the box to actually do the other thing is right over here, mm. you know. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> done it's all right. To get to the box, we've only got to go through the Raptor enclosure. It's okay. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. We've got to pass that thing. <laughs> Thinking people, you know. I thought you spared no yeah, expense, Hammond. Put it like- all together. It just yeah. makes sense. These things are always poorly designed. There's always a poor design flaw. Like, you know, um, the immediate thing that came to mind was... Um, I'm not sure if you guys are. Oh, what was it called? Um, the core. No, I haven't seen it. Um, it's a it's a it's a film where they go into the the center of the earth to kind of restart the core. Um, anyway, they get to it. There's an emergency, and and I guess the uh, the character says there's a bit of a rush, but basically, um, you know, to reset this thing, you have to go outside the the like the boring machine into the you know an area that's the mantle to kind of do a thing, um, and it is just. Like, silly, why would you put that thing on the outside? <laughs> <clears throat> Poor design. It's a, it's, a, it's a, what is it? It's a trope, I guess. Yep. Any others? Um, not that I think of. I'll come All back. Right. Gwen? So that lawyer guy who, who goes to find Sam Neill and what's her name as well uh, at the archaeology yep. dig or paleontology dig or whatever it is, and they yeah. go in this mine... And and he and this lawyer guy is there to, to assess. He, he's about you know safety and risk assessments and all this sort of stuff for the park, Jurassic Park. But they go in this mine. They're not even wearing hard hats. And I was just like, this guy has no idea, no idea hmm. what's going on. Um, and arrives on a piece of wood that you've got to be dragged on <laughs> with a rope. What is that? What yeah, I don't know. Ooh, I just assumed in the middle of. Yeah. A rainforest somewhere, so it's probably the easiest way to do it. This is a question that I guess it's a science question. I don't know if it's just me. Uh, oh, that, yeah. Um, yep. The mosquito, 
fossilized mosquito, how is the blood in a mosquito still there? Like how they're, they're, they're putting a little thing in and withdrawing fluid, which yeah. would have dried, dried and evaporated, surely. Well, no, it wouldn't evaporate. It's actually trapped in there. Like, you know, so it is, you do have insects get sealed in amber. So that, that's oh, the okay. thing. But, um, you know, has it, you know, has it preserved it? Has it kind of like, you know, become solar like that? I don't know if it's a liquid or if it's like, you know, some other mm. partially thing. It wouldn't be able to evaporate. But, you know, all things have bacteria in it. So even without kind of like, you know, be, with being trapped, it would probably the bacteria and it would start eating something. But I don't know. I, I'm not skilled enough into um, amber fossilization of insects to kind of mm. really, truly kind of... But it's a good yeah, question. absolutely. Though. It's a valid so question. So my mm. next question, these people are invited to to have a look at this park and, and to give their feedback and, and opinion, and, and these dinosaurs are huge and fully mm. grown. Now, I feel like it would have taken years and years for them to create a egg for it or you know to create a baby dinosaur and then it grows into a thing bigger than an elephant massive mm-hmm. how many years is that going to take and it's kept secret for that long from everybody except for newman and that's a couple of staff like surely it would have got out surely you would have started telling people about this when the dinosaurs were younger and not wait till they're fully grown before you start yeah, it just seems weird that they're point. all fully grown, all of us, and 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 that now is a surprise. I guess, I guess, because they're artificially bred, yeah. whether they can speed up the aging process, mm. maybe. Um, oh. certainly, like there's a lot of there's a lot of ethical issues around cloning, and like, and you know, I certainly the um there's scientific sort of bans on doing it, and um. The, yeah, there are, you know, and I guess maybe it's kind of like, you know, tapping to that. Like it's in an island off Costa Rica, um, you know, if you kind of put it out there that, you know, yeah, I'm becoming a cloning, you know, wizard with like dinosaurs, um, you know, possibly that, yeah, you get black, you know, blacklisted by the scientific community. So, and you get competitors. You know, um, yeah. Um, it's a bit of competition. Um, yeah, but how do they, how they have kept it secret? Don't know. A lot of NDAs, I guess. Just a, it was a um, bad time to bring the grandkids over for a visit to the Jurassic for, to reveal it to them too, because I mean they're not <laughs> going to keep it right. secret. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, if you just paid Nedry, you know, a, a decent living wage, maybe it wouldn't have been. But Nedry was an ass. There was honest. a scene, yeah, greedy, um, greedy ass. There was a scene early on when they after they arrived where they're having a meal um, at a table and they've got the food there. And they have a conversation, but they don't eat one bit of that meal. It's just it's, it's just a setting, I guess, for them to have some dialogue. But they're they're, they're at a table with a meal, and they don't touch it. And I was like, it's kind of a forgettable scene, isn't it? Can better. I'm actually confused. Like, Tibetan sea like, bass or something like that. They didn't even eat. I wouldn't have <laughs> eaten it either. Just quietly, I don't like me. It was the extinct dodo. <laughs> we brought that back in, back to eat. Um, I've got two more quick ones. You think they would have tried yep. the smaller ones? This one I actually don't remember what, what I'm talking about because I watched it a little while ago. But after turning the power back on, she touched a high-voltage fence when running from a dinosaur. Apparently, I've just written that there. I don't know what that means. I know who she is. must be either the kid oh, or Oh, that'd the... be Sattler, I assume. Probably Ellie Sattler when she's getting out. 
And I can't remember. I Maybe. should have made wrote more mm. detail. I was writing a lot of notes <laughs> as I was watching. My, my last question is a weird, is not exactly movie. It's it's sort of related to the movie. But when I was a kid, I had a dinosaur encyclopedia and I used to read it all the time. And, I, you know, I knew a bit about dinosaurs and whatnot. But I'd never heard of a raptor before this movie. Like they weren't for me. They weren't well, a thing. Like I, they, I knew Brontosaurus, Stegosaurus, yeah. Triceratops, all the all of them. Except I didn't know Definitely. about a raptor until this movie. And then now they're a big thing with all the kids. And I was like, when I was a kid, raptors weren't. Is that just me or is it? Yeah. No, I'm not with you. It's, I'd never heard of a Velociraptor. I, and yet it, I'd heard of it. I mean, you still probably actually haven't seen a Velociraptor. They're actually they're much smaller. Like what they've done is they've taken the name of um velociraptor and we'll use that but the velociraptors are actually kind of probably the size of a small dog um they're actually uh there's two bigger ones which is um dinonychus uh which i learned through dinosaur train um but i think roughly around the the time of the film was like just before or just after you know just during was the release um they discovered the utah raptor um, which is a six foot, you know, um, type of raptor. But in the in the, the specific types of raptor, no, nah, I didn't. I don't know if I'd really given it much thought, but certainly Velociraptor I'd heard of, but it's not big. I was, yeah, so I, I was, was always about like, it. like I remember Stegosaurus and T Rex and Triceratops yeah. oh, classics. and all that. It's beyond yeah. I'm on with you, Glenn. Yeah. I just like maybe a few months ago, I was talking about how raptors weren't a thing when I was a kid, and I was like, let's get my encyclopedia. I've still got it from when I was a kid that you know, prehistoric animal encyclopedia. I used to read it all the time. And I actually looked through it, looked in the index and all that. No mention of them in there. And I was like, I knew it wasn't a thing. <laughs> but anyway, that's just one book. It wasn't but... a big one. Like it wasn't a, a tire. <laughs> the size of a dog. Anyway, they're my questions. Very good. Mm. good questions, yeah. Glenn. Very good questions. Uh, I've got a couple. So at the start, the guy dies because he has to lift up the gate. Yeah, surely they would have had a <laughs> yeah. mechanically trolled like it would have, like this bloke spared no expense, but you see that. <laughs> spared it's no still, expense. Some bloke who still has Automation, to lift the top surely. of it up. Like, come on. How is it that people are pushing the cage in? Why isn't it like we just sit it down and we press a button? Yeah, that's <laughs> and then And then possibly even something that pushes the Velociraptor out. Yeah. Like, why, we don't need dudes. Why, why you shouldn't be having these people so close to these things. That's state-of-the-art technology. Um, they, don't, they don't have access to it. <laughs> <laughs> but we spared no expense, Glenn. So we've, I'm assuming we've got the brightest minds at Jurassic Park working out, you know, how to create these dinosaurs. Surely a genealogist would know that frogs can change their <laughs> yeah. sex in a, in a same-sex yeah. environment. Absolutely. Like you've got the greatest minds being able to do this, which, you, which is justified. Like you would need to be the best of the best in able to do this. Which is B.D. Wong. Which like is B.D. Wong's character. character. Yet, surely he would know. Woo. That life finds a way. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's like, oh, well, what do you mean? And like he actually says, what do you mean a frog can change his DNA? Yeah. That's crazy talk. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> he just, maybe just dealt uh, with reptiles. Unless, I mean, like there's a there's an ethical aspect too. It's like clearly he doesn't like, you know, he's a bit of a mercenary scientist because there might be the, the best minds, but there might be the best minds that aren't have no well, kind true. of- um, issue with it. It's a, it's funny. A lot of these, a lot of science fictions, play with a kind of concept around, um, uh, and, and like, uh, was it? Um, Jeff Goldblum's character says it. Like you know, um, 
you were too busy kind of thinking, can we, mm. rather than asking, should we? And, like, so many sci-fis deal with that. But sometimes it's like, you know, yeah, you should just because it's fun. Um, yeah, and that's a great, that is actually a do. great line by E. Malcolm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, like, but it often brings a lot of fear with it. Like, it's kind of rising, like, you know, that sort of, you know, um, it kind of highlights the scariness of science, whereas it does do a lot of great, awesome stuff for, like, you know, the human race and being, you know, developments and medical technology. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. But certainly, Wu, whilst a bright mind, was probably not an ethical mm. mind. Good point. Mm. Um, would the fences still work being that they're broken? Because we see that the T-Rex <sighs> has ripped down, like tore multiple of the cables off. So would that break a circuit or would there be... Yes, it would. I mean, you'd assume they'd be on separate circuits, but they're not, are they? It's just one perimeter switch. Well, it seems to be, yeah. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, Go you, Scotty. Hmm. Electrical yeah, engineer. there you go. Yeah, yeah. We'll start uh, some fires. How, <laughs> uh, how is the arm of Arnold just randomly stuck in a wall? So Samuel L. Obviously, Ellie Tatler leans against the wall, you know, feels the shoulder, the hand come down on her shoulder, and walks forward. Goes, oh, Arnold! Oh, thank God! Like it's just seemed to be randomly stuck there. I don't understand. Like he's obviously been mauled by a raptor. Where's the rest of him? And how the how the how the raptor kind of get in there as well? Because it's like you assume it's like a like there's a passageway with pipes in it. I don't know what's going yeah. on there. Unless the Velociraptor's gone. I'm going to tell this to later, the guys later on, like um, Lenny and, and Sven. They're going to laugh their heads off. I'm going to have the arm in my mouth, and I'm going to bring it in behind and tap her on the shoulder, and then let her fall. <laughs> Is the raptor having a game? Mate, mate, well, they're very like, they're apparently ah! they're highly intelligent. Yeah, and that's why he kind of poked his head. I was like, surprise! <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, what was your favourite dinosaur as a kid? Ooh, Glenn. Oh, Glenn, clearly you had a dinosaur encyclopedia. So, what was your favourite? Uh, probably the Brontosaurus. I just liked the smoothness. I don't know the smoothness of it and the Poor shape of it. I don't know. It was, and yeah. it didn't eat. Uh, it was like a vegetarian kind of. It wouldn't mm. hurt me if I had met one. <laughs> a veggiesaurus, as they yeah. call it. And I, like, I had the, I had little you know toys and stuff, and I like the stegosaurus as well. Yeah, it had those cool things on yeah. its back. But um, yeah, Glenny, you're gonna you're gonna hate that the brontosaurus is not a thing anymore. That's no, now oh. a brachiosaurus. Isn't yeah, it? they're extinct, aren't they? Yeah, brontosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Brontosaurus was relegated to scientific history and the fossils reassigned to Apatosaurus. Oh. Yes, well, well, back in our day, they were called Brontosauruses. On with you, Glenn. That's yeah. true. Exactly. Um, yeah. Mine was the Triceratops. Um, like, I mean, as a kid, you always enjoyed the T-Rex because that ate everything. It was the big tough one. But, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it was the Triceratops. I love that, yeah, the three horns at the t- at the front. It just looked, looked mm. awesome. Yeah, the T Rex is everyone's number one. And that's why th- these conversations, you're just talking about everything but the T Rex, really. <laughs> yeah. But no, I reckon Triceratops was, was my top one. Like, mm. I always loved the T Rex. Nah, and they T Rex has little arms, so it's like. Yeah. But the Triceratops yeah. just looked cool. And it looked like it could defend itself and attack. So I like that. I'll have you know, Stegosaurus was always my number one and still yeah. is. <laughs> Even though they're not Plates very bright. at the around, back like, and it's got the big thumping yeah, tail with the spiky tail. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, Michael, over to you for trivia. 
Ooh, a trivia. Okay, um, we talked about the sound effect. Uh, interest in paleontology had waned during the atomic age and the space race, but according to Dr. Nate Smith of the National History Museum's Director Institute, Dinosaur Institute, Jurassic Park coming out generated a bunch of interest among young people that want to become paleontologists and get into the field. Uh, as a result, numerous new dinosaur species have been discovered since then at a roughly the rate of 50 new dinosaur discoveries per year, or about one a week. Wow. I think um, Indiana Jones might have done that for archaeologists. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, like, popular mm. shows do that for a lot of things. Jaws um, didn't do it for swimmers, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but but a, lot of, a lot of people um, want to be fishermen after watching yeah, that. Yeah, possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, NCIS did that for um, forensics, I think. Um, you know, more of, you know, because they saw Abby in the lab. And, and I, wanted to, I wanted to be a time um, traveller because of Back to the Future. Yeah. Still and do. And you are. Like I've, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going into the future every day. <laughs> Yeah, um, and there's actually it's a there's one called the Kylie effect, and it's probably the the same thing when you get exposed to it, like you know, in the media. So Kylie announced to the you know Woman's Day or New Idea or one of those magazines that um yeah I've got breast cancer, um you know go get checked, and the actual kind of incidence of like you know uh, mammograms and medical diagnosis of breast cancer increased, like you know there was a, a spike right after it, so. Um, yeah, I think you know that that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of power in that media sort of stuff, and like you know, I guess it leads on to um, that idea of diversity, and like you know, you can't be what you can't see. Like you know, if you don't hear about it, you don't you're not going to actually think about it. So, um, which is why, like you know, on a side note, a lot of diversity in media is great. Mm. Um, okay, back to the trivia. Watch out! It's why everyone wants to be an astronaut. <laughs> yeah. Into space. Uh, the T Rex occasionally malfunctioned due to rain. Um, producer Kathleen Kennedy recalls the T Rex went into a heebie jeebie sometimes, scared the crap out of us. <laughs> We'd be like eating lunch, and all of a sudden, T Rex would come alive. At first, we didn't know what was happening, and then we realized it was a rain. You'd hear people start screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and it would scare the shit out of you if you're just sitting near it, all of a sudden, it started chomping at you. You'd be pretty panicked. Oh, there's an answer to the stig- uh, the triceratops um, for the grinding the why it got sick. Um, it's around like you know uh, it would use rocks to grind food and aid digestion. After six weeks, the rocks would become too smooth to be useful, and the animal would regurgitate them. When finding that eating new rocks, the use the animal would uh, also swallow west and Indian lilac berries. The fact that the berries and stones uh, regurgitate explains why Ellie never finds traces of them in the animal's excrement. Oh my god! Mm. Science. Um, Joe Michael yeah. Crichton. Uh, when Hurricane Inky hit. The cast and crew were all required to move into the ballroom of the hotel in which they were staying. So Richard Attenborough, however, stayed in his hotel room and slept through the entire event. When asked how he could possibly have done this, Attenborough replied, My dear boy, I survived the bits. <laughs> um, Spielberg wanted the Velociraptors to be about 10 foot tall, which was taller than they were known to be. According to an artist involved in pre-production, Spielberg requested this change because he was unhappy with the size of what was considered the largest dromaeosaurid at the time, Dononychus, and wanted it to be bigger. However, reason was to make the raptor more menacing. During filming, paleontologists actually uncovered 10-foot tall specimens of raptors called uh, Euteraptors. Spielberg also wanted the dinosaurs to be bird-like, for example, snapping to attention like a chicken. 
Um, he wanted the raptors to turn their heads so they could look behind them and make them uh, have a scarier appearance. There you mm. go. Um, Universal Pictures paid Michael Crichton two million to the rights of this novel before it was even published. Oh, that's mm. pretty good. I hope he had a I hope he had a bit yeah. of the I hope he had a percentage in it as well. Maybe that's how he probably would have mm. done it as a, a screenwriter. So. Uh, Michael Cron intended John Hammond to be a dark Walt Disney. However, while possibly unintentional, the character is also similar to P.T. Barnum. Um, the D- the Mr. DNA cartoon was Spielberg's way of condensing much of the novel's ex- exposition into a few minutes. It actually well made sense. Like it did, it did spell it out quite well in terms of what they were trying to mm. do. Agreed. Um, Spielberg was in the early stages of pre-production for the movie ER, based on Michael Crichton novel, when he heard about Jurassic Park book. He subsequently dumped what he was doing to make this movie, after its return to ER and helped develop into a hit TV series. Oh, wow. Hmm. John Williams uh, scored the movie at the end of February 1993 and recorded it a month later. He felt he needed to write pieces that would convey a sense of awe and fascination, given it dealt with the overwhelming happiness and excitement that would emerge from seeing live dinosaurs. Yep, and achieved it, I would have thought. Hmm. Um, after making this movie, and uh, Ariana Richards developed a great interest in dinosaurs and assisted Jack Horner, paleontologist, advisor for this movie, and in, and the inspiration of the character of Dr. Grant on an actual um, dinosaur dig in Montana for the following summer. Um, Spielberg liked the dinosaurs to do behavioural things that had nothing to do with the plot, like stop to uh, stopping to scratch, something he learned on ET Extraterrestrial. Um, let's go with two more. Uh, the crew had to have safety meetings about the T-Rex. It weighed 12,000 pounds. I don't know how much that is. And was extremely powerful. They used flashing lights to announce when it was about to come on to alert the crew because it stood next to uh, if you stood next to it and the head went um, by at speed, it felt like a bus going by. Uh, interestingly, it has like you know one of the largest bite forces of any creature to have walked the planet, um, which you could check out on YouTube. Um, ooh. Uh, the, tri- the triceratops dung at around 50 minutes, uh, 53 minutes didn't smell at all. It was made of clay, mud and straw. It was drizzled on honey and pipeas so flies would swarm near it. There you go. And that's where Jeff Goldblum says that's good a pile of shit. Pile of shit. Mm. Um, I think the water, the water ripple was actually done having like a guitar string underneath it. Mm, that'd be a good way to like do it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. There is a lot more trivia. Oh, there's heaps of trivia for this film, I would have thought. Hmm. All right, final thoughts and ratings. Obviously, we do rate out of 10, 10 being a fantastic film, zero being a terrible film, and five being somewhere in between. I'll go last. Uh, Michael, what do you give Jurassic Park? I think it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, it was an absolute, you know, it was enjoyable to watch with, uh, with Eddie. Um, it's, you know, there's always concerns about, like, you know, that kind of um, – how like science is approached but like you know it explains a number of things really well obviously it, it takes liberties with um with the actual representation of dinosaurs in there uh but you know it does so for the benefit of the story um and yeah like you know it does kind of raise the question of what would happen if you put dinosaurs and people together uh for which fortunately we haven't experienced yet um and i'm happy it's on the big screen uh eight out of ten it's it's fun yep. Glenn? 
Uh, yeah, I really like this movie, and for, I, I hadn't watched it in a good 20 years plus, maybe more, um, long time. So it held up for me and um, still really fun, um, really exciting, and just the wonder of the dinosaurs and and all that and and the story kept me engaged all the way through and it's i think one of steven spielberg's better films for me and for me definitely better than ready player one which i gave what did i give that seven, seven and, a half. and a half so uh, this one for me eight and a half only because it's a little bit a little bit slow this at is- the start but i mean not too slow but a little bit slow at the start um mm. yeah eight and a half for me yep this is spielberg's most um, successful commercial mm. hit. It made over a billion, a billion dollars, and then you think that's had five sequels since, and they probably would have made a fair chunk of coin too. So, um, mm. all right. So for me, this is a ten. I think this is just about a perfect film. Holy, I don't give. Do you have a fever? Scott? What's that? Did you have no, a fever? No, I don't give. I don't give much more than a seven <laughs> usually. But um, <laughs> no. no, I do. This is just a phenomenal film. Even watching it again. Yeah, to obviously for this pod last week, like it's just, just the way it's done, like the way that they've got CGI but also practical effects. It's great to see that. Yeah, the the dinosaurs look genuinely terrifying, and they because I think they're they're done with a lot of the time, like with a real not with a real T Rex, but you know they built an animatronic of a T Rex. It actually does have that additional fear, like it's it gives you the general sense of what it must have been like, the size and everything else. Um, yeah, I thought the acting performances were strong, you know, especially from the two main characters. I thought the kids were good and the support cast was strong. But just everything about what Spielberg does is in this film, you know. I, I like the story. I think the story works well enough. Um, I don't need a heap of character development. We get some with Dr. Grant. Do we need it with everyone? Probably not. Um, and just the score and everything, the way it's shot, everything, the way this film is made, I think is just the way filmmaking should be. So for me, it's a 10. I think it's just a fantastic film. Uh, all right. So with a 10, an 8, and an 8.5, that gives us a total score of 26.5, which does mean that this is our new number one rated film. Huzzah. So it is better than Get Out. On 25.5, which was our previously our highest rated film. Uh, And, yeah, then we've got Ready Player One, which rounds out the top three. Pulp Fiction is fourth on 22. All right. Socials. Uh, Please remember to rate the podcast if you can and share it with your friends. Tell your friends about us. We'd love for more people to listen. Obviously, we are on all the major podcast networks uh, and also we can be found. You can listen directly from our fantastic website, cinematicleap.com. You can also find out all our scores and a little bit about us and you know what we've done with previous pods that we've done all through season one, two, and now three, uh, as well as our Halloween episode. Um, yeah, but please share, rate us, hopefully highly. Uh, helps other people find us. Uh, all right, Michael, it's now time for our... Cinematic Loop. All right, so... Oh, it's going to be tough to, tough to follow that one up. Um, <laughs> all right, so I get to sit back this week um, and have a bit of a relax. 
Uh, Michael, you are the leaper. Glenn, you're choosing the film. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, who are you going to choose from Jurassic Park? Yeah, that's a that's going to be interesting. A lot um, of options. A lot of options. John Williams, good option. John Williams, I mean, yeah, he's a very good option, I guess. But I mean, we've done, haven't we? We've we done do John, John Williams, Williams, yeah. I mean, we've also done Spielberg, but yeah, you know, but Spielberg doesn't Spielberg, have to. I mean, we're... Spielberg's one you can choose a few times. I think. <laughs> Actually, so can John Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sam yeah. Neil. Sam Neil um, was a good option. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Now. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. but Samuel L. Jackson, if you want someone who's got a back catalogue of movies, um, although you'll probably avoid because it may get you into tar- Tarantino, which... Yeah, precisely. And it like, you know, also takes you to... Um, Snakes on a Plane. Snakes on a Plane. I mean, but then again, he did do, and that was always funny, um, where is it? Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Yes, with the, one of the great uh, monologues the, of <laughs> film that never quite got finished. <laughs> well, especially because he gets bitten in half. Um, apparently, he's in the new remake of o- RoboCop. Um, B.D. Wong. Oh, I didn't that opens up all the Jurassic films. Uh, opens up a, I don't. I don't think Glenn would pick it, which would be disappointing. But there's a movie Focus, which I love. Margot Robbie and Will Smith, which I'd, I'd love for Glenda Pickers to pick that one for us. Uh, Karate Kid mm. Part 2, Father of the Brides, both of them. Um, Is that, I mean, he's still yeah, talking about BD1. Jaws 2, Glenn. <laughs> um, he's in Superman. How is he in Superman 2? Ah, that guy's been around for ages. Um. Mm. That's a good movie. Oh, I'm actually looking at, looking at John Williams. That's why. Superman <laughs> 2. He was not Superman in Superman 2. Superman 2 would be a great one to go to. Uh, yeah, it would be. Um, all right. No, I'm not going with... Uh, I think I'm back over here. Superman 2 will get top scores. See, if you had a Michael Kahn, um, who's the editor of the film, which opens up, clearly does a lot of Spielberg films, so that opens up a lot of good, fantastic options. Yeah, it does. So in Private Ryan. Who's picking again? Glenn's picking. Is it Glenn? Glenn's picking. Um, it doesn't matter who's not, picking. You, you choose who you want to leap with. It doesn't doesn't yeah. matter who's... Whoa. Oh, no. Don't, um, <laughs> too many good choices here. Um, we should have done done the leap off off air and then. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you could go to Dean Cundey. Um, we could get to the original Halloween. We could, or I can get a, a Michelle Pinelli Venetus and get a Robocop. Um, Stan Winston is not a good choice. You're out. Um, Janet Healy would take me to Ghostbusters 2. Uh, it's actually it's a limited choice there. Um, oh, Christopher Boys. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Damn, yeah. Right. You could get to Event Horizon if Glenn chose it. Yeah. Oh, God, this is hard. This is like this is the film you've picked. It's like the yeah. choice bomb. I've got done this to a couple of should times. Have had a, um, sure, sure. <laughs> should have been thinking about this while watching the movie. 
I know. I know. Um, uh, look, you know, he's it's almost a he's almost an Australian actor. Um, Sam Neill. Cool. Yeah. One hundred and forty-eight films. Just give me one hundred and forty-eight seconds to look at them all. <laughs> Whoa. Who do you? Do the, why would you pick Sam Neill? Do the hunter in October, Glenn. It's a good film. Mm. That, that's potentially why. Under, you know. And oh, that's yeah. No, you're gonna hate. You're gonna hate it. It's gonna be great. Daybreakers. Oh, Daybreakers is a ripper film. You, you know what's a good movie? Oh, I should maybe oh. I shouldn't do it to you. Maybe you shouldn't. Oh, don't do it. Uh, should I? It probably wouldn't get. No one wants to listen to us talk about it, so maybe I won't. Ah, oh, but I like it so much. What was it? When? What were you going to pick? Well, I'm still not decided, but I really like The Horse Whisperer. is a very good movie. Mm. Mm. I won't I do it to you. It's 170 minutes of thoughts oh, love and thunder. It would be a great movie to go back and watch from 1989. The Dish, Dead Calm. yes. No, The Dish. The Dish? <sighs> great choice, Glenn. Yes, The Dish. Didn't even think about it. I don't want to pick Sam Neill. This will be. This, is this our first Australian film? Uh, I reckon it would be. Oh, very exciting! I don't know the if dish. I've actually seen this. I don't. Know if I've seen. I don't think <gasps> I've seen it all. I've seen. You've seen the I've dish. Seen parts of it. Are you? Are you Australian? I don't are you know. A film I probably have seen it. You're lucky I oh, took my time and considered because the first one I saw that I thought, oh, let's go to Wimbledon. It got Kirsten Dunst in it. We love Kirsten Dunst recently. Um, but then I skipped scrolling. Yeah, well, you certainly did. I saw, I saw the dish. <laughs> well, the podcast. The we've done a few, We've done her once or twice, haven't we? I don't know. Once. <laughs> Definitely once. Very interesting on how we um, anyway, leap from it. I think I think the dish would be a lot better than um, uh, Horse Whisperer for, for our listeners. Mm. <laughs> All, all, the all two of them. Yes, all right. great choice, Glenn. Beautiful first Australian film, as we said. So, yeah, listen next time, guys. So we're, we're going with Sam Neill, and we're going to the movie The Dish, uh, great Australian comedy. So, yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, and, yes, tune in next time for The Dish. Thank you. Take the Chevy to the living. And like that, he's gone. Ah! In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic Leap.